experiences I've had from that dark night in Africa when I pursued a wild elephant to the afternoon a helicopter left me more alone than I've ever been in my life on top of a 20,000-foot-high glacier, and even to that memorable moment when I saw aliens in the desert. And it would also demonstrate that there are going to be a lot of laughs in this book, most of them at my expense. But then I realized that people know me primarily from the work I've done as an actor, so it wouldn't be effective as a beginning. So I decided not to begin that way either. Then I had a great idea. I was going to start the book by quoting the lyrics to a song I'd written about the truly tragic death by drowning of my beautiful wife, Noreen Shatner. My love was supposed to protect her. It didn't. My love was supposed to heal her. It didn't. You had said, don't leave me, and I begged you not to leave me. We did. Opening the book that way would be so meaningful to me, beginning with the great tragedy of my life, and it would immediately let readers know that this is to be a truthful book. But it would also be such a sad beginning when my life has been filled with so much joy. And, of course, I'm not known for my singing, in fact, there are those who believe my performance of Lucy in the Sky with the Diamonds may be the worst version of a Beatles song ever recorded. Not me, of course. And this is such a personal story that it needs to be told in its entirety, so certainly I couldn't begin my book that way. There is one extremely well-known phrase that I definitely decided I would not use to begin this book. Beam me up, Scotty. In fact, I am determined that this phrase will not appear anywhere in this book. The beginning I knew needed to catch the interest of the reader within a few words, to engage their curiosity, to make them wonder, perhaps, what the hell is he talking about, which led to, I arrived in New York City for the first time in my life in an Indian outrigger canoe, having paddled all the way from Montreal. I like that. But it didn't seem to convey the essence of my life. Somehow it seemed too gimmicky, too clever, so I knew I couldn't use that. Maybe later in the first chapter, I decided. It occurred to me that perhaps I should open this book with a description of the day I took my beautiful horse, Sultan's great day, for his final walk in the pasture. Oh, my, you should have seen him in his world championship days. I'm telling you, this was the most magnificent stallion you have ever seen. I'm not kidding about that. Really, people were in awe of his presence. They would look at him, and I would use that beginning to tell you about my passions, passions that have made all the difference in my life, the passions that I've spent my life pursuing, the love of a beautiful woman, the love of, for my family, the love for my craft, my art, the need to experience every aspect of life. Sometimes I'm amazed to realize that I live today with the vestiges of my priorities as a young man, the desire to act, the need to be loved, the pleasures of a great meal, great laugh, and enduring companionship. But simply telling you about my passion, even my passion for horses and dogs, seems far too somber an opening. Perhaps, I thought, I would start this book by being glib, by exposing my quirky sense of humor to the readers, make them laugh at the very beginning by quoting a newspaper story about one of the more unusual things I've ever done. AP 117-206. Actor William Shatner agreed on Monday to sell his kidney stone for $75,000 to an online casino. The money will go to Habitat for Humanity. This takes organ donors to a new height, or perhaps a new low, said Shatner. The auction price includes the surgical stent and string used to permit passage of the stone. According to Shatner, 
the kidney stone was so big, you'd want to wear it on your finger. If you subjected it to extreme heat, it might turn out to be a diamond. While that beginning certainly would be humorous, it just seemed too frivolous to start that way. Instead, it occurred to me that the opening of this book should be thoughtful. It should be about my life. How much more sincere could I be about the life I've had than using words written by David E. Kelly for the character I play on Boston Legal, Danny Crane. Danny Crane. Evening. Crane and Shore on the balcony outside Crane's office. Crane. Alan Shore believes man has a soul. Stop the presses. Shore. Can you believe it? Can this be all there is? And if so, have we not wasted... Crane. I haven't wasted a second. I've enjoyed my ride, all of it. Shore. But will it truly have counted for something? Crane. You've heard the old joke, Alan. Man shows up at the pearly gates, sees this guy...